and welcome back to the Constitution Line by Line. I'm Don Frazier. I'm Paul Fabrizio. And we are now deep into the amendments to the United States Constitution. In fact, now we're on Amendment 23. And this is weird. We're finally coming to parts of the Constitution where we were alive when they were amended. Maybe not this one for you. I'm a mere pup. You're a mere pup, but uh, this amendment, the 23rd Amendment, was proposed in 1960, June 1960, ratified March 61. Not me. Okay, but I was. (laughs) Tell me a story about the old days, baby. Black and white TV. (laughs) No shoes. One day we will land a man on the moon. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so here we go. Section 1, the district constituting the the seat of government of the United States shall appoint in such manner as the Congress may direct a number of electors of president and vice president equal to the whole number of senators and representatives in Congress to which the district would be entitled if it were a state, but in no event more than the least populous state. They shall be in addition to those appointed by the states, but they shall be considered for the purpose of the election of president and vice president to be electors appointed by a state, and they shall meet in the district and perform such duties as provided by the 12th article of amendment. Section 2, the Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So this is Congress making an amendment so that Congress can do stuff. Yeah, but this is very specific. Three electors. The District of Columbia, it doesn't say three. We need to point that out. I understand, but that's what it works out Right, that's how it works out. The District of Columbia now gets to vote for president. And so what they do is they get the same number of electors as the least populous state, and that's three automatically. And there's two, you have an elector for each senator and an elector for each member of the House. So that's three minimum that you could have. So is which is larger, the District of Columbia or the least populous state? Because the least populous state is still Wyoming, isn't it? I don't know the answer to that question. That's a really good question. Because that would be interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, and I apologize not knowing that. Well, um, we, we build you as being omniscient. <laughs> Well, again, made a mistake there, too. One of many. Maybe that was hype. So how do you feel about the people of the District of Columbia being able to vote for president? I think that's great. The troubling thing is that they cannot vote for representation in Congress. And as a consequence, they have, and it says on their license plate, taxation without representation. And philosophically, that troubles me. I think that they should either be exempt from income taxes as as residents of the district, or they should have representat- representation in Congress. Yeah. So That's an interesting observation. I always considered the District of Columbia and its residents to essentially be the servants of the people ooh, in my head. Ooh, ooh, okay. But that's, you can't, that, that's painting with too broad a brush. Yes, it is. I mean, the federal government is big. It's clearly the number one employer in the district. But there's an awful lot of people who don't work for the the government. So why are they included in that? You know, the the whole idea of the district was basically it would be a home for the government, not connected to any state. So it wouldn't be subject to 
all the state pressures that would take place. Mm -hmm. But the simple reality is, is that the district is big enough that it has its own life. It has a government and that government has its own issues and that those issues are in competition with and struggle with the federal government. So who is its overlord? Yeah. And I mean one of the apparently the one of the worst committee assignments you can be on in the House of Representatives be on the committee that oversees the District of Columbia because you're not from there. But yet you're almost a city manager in a way. Yeah, and it's like, why should they have that power? So the district is in the strange thing. They're serfs, I think, not slaves, but serfs to the Washington, D.C. government. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to the federal government. And it, it just, to me, is unseemly. If you, uh, if you move the federal government out of D.C., what's mm -hmm. the population of D.C.? Oh, it would shrink drastically. Yeah. It would shrink drastically because it's not just the government that would move, not just the employees of the government. Unfortunately, with our built-up federal government bureaucracy and regulatory state, it would be all of the lobbyists, all sure. of the corporations Absolutely. that have an interest in the government and its money. Yeah. And so – you know, you you drive up one of the highways going to D.C. and you can just see all these, you know, uh, you know the National Rifle Association, the uh, NAACP. You see um, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. You see, you name an organization, and they're going to have big office right there. Labor unions, you mm -hmm. know, ACLU. Yeah, they, they're all going to have their offices there because that's where the government is, and that's who they want to focus on. And so, yeah, that's the lifeblood of Washington, D.C., but I think Washington, D.C. would exist without the government. It would be much smaller. Yeah. No one would care. But they're Americans. Shouldn't they have the right to vote? And so no question of that giving them a special privilege? What special yeah. privilege I'm, are they I'm getting? Curious, See, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, to, to me, they're, they're being discriminated against by the fact that they can't get representation in Congress. And that was actually – um, amendment proposed, the 28th Amendment to the Constitution, was proposed to treat the District of Columbia as a state. Mm -hmm. And it never got ratified. Hmm. So it just died. Wow. Yeah, so, we haven't even talked about the amendments that got proposed and just die on the vine. Yeah. There, there, that may be a different show. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's supposedly up to 200 in American history that have been proposed but never been ratified. Wow, that's something worth investigating. So so what we got here is, though, is at least the people in the District of Columbia get to elect, get to participate in the election for the presidency. Okay. So, so, but so that's then, the line. Yeah, that's the line. All right, we'll pick up the next line next time.